Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. By the way, in a church, for instance, you don't want a thousand leaders and a thousand servants were in trouble. You want fewer leaders and more servants. And so that's the way that God's designed it. By the way, in the church, really, how many leaders are there, humanly speaking? Well, there's really how many? One, just like there is in a home and just like there is in the church. And of course, we know here, I'm the human leader, but who's the real leader? God is. Some churches seem to have an overabundance of people who feel called to be in charge. They often have opinions about how everything should be done. But when it comes time to actually do the work they're suggesting, they're nowhere to be found. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the gift of leadership today. You'll learn that this particular gift isn't necessarily given to the person with the strongest opinion or the biggest mouth. It's a gift given by God must be used for the glory of Him alone. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. And let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We'll be in a few different places. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Skip on down to verse 8 in the middle. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. What is the gift of leadership? Well, here's a definition you can write. It's the God-given ability. Remember, all of these are motivational gifts given to us by God. I believe even before we're born, God knew how to divide the body up in these seven gifts. These are the things that motivate us. When you discover your motivational gift or the mixture of that motivational gift, when you're doing those things, you're motivated. You're home. You got it. It feels good. It's what you were created to do. That's why the word motivational gifts. So when that's a natural thing for you that God's put in you and you're doing that, it's like, aha, that's it. I love it. Now, remember, you can't operate your motivational gift by yourself. You have to have all of these gifts operating together for the good of all. None of them work together. For instance, when we talk about this gift of leadership, a leader leads. If there's no one that wants to serve, a leader's automatically a failure. Impossible. Can't work. On the other hand, if we have lots of servers, but nobody to take charge, it's a disaster. So we need all of us. So the gift of leadership is the God-given ability to influence, 
motivate, organize, and direct people to accomplish God's goals. It's not the leader's goal, it's God's goal. So the Greek word in this particular context means to stand before. That ought to tell you something. Hello? Is anybody standing before you? Okay, so typically, not always, and sometimes it doesn't happen because the exhorter, the teacher, the prophet could do the same. But to stand before, to be over, to rule, sometimes just to maintain or to preside. That's what that word leadership means. Now, there's you'll hear other people, and it's valid. They'll Instead of leadership, they'll use the word gift of administration or the gift of organization. Now, for some of you, we'll get there a little later. That word organization just drives you crazy already. But for those people with the gift of organization, you go, yeah, that's exactly right. I like it. I like it. Now, what the gift of administrator, leader, organizer, what part of the body is that? Well, it's the head. Remember, servant is the hands, speak, mouth, all the other areas, the head. So if you have this gift, these things might resonate with you. I create order out of chaos. If you do the opposite, That's not your gift. It's okay. It's okay. It's not your gift. I enjoy the challenge of establishing new procedures for others to use. I make decisions and make things happen quickly. I can see the big picture. Now, that's not always true. And let me just say this up front. I probably won't get to it again later. But that's not always true because sometimes... You can have an administrator or a leader or this person who has the gift of organization. They may not be as visionary. They may be more a maintainer. That's nothing wrong with that. Actually, you kind of need both. If you have somebody that has this gift of leadership and they're incredibly visionary, but they don't have somebody to help maintain, then there's a problem coming. It's going to be just chaos. But again, if you have a person who is kind of leading and that person is a maintainer but no vision, pretty soon things just kind of die. Status quo, it just walks away and dies. Now, let's talk about the characteristics you give to leadership. You're going to think the first one's funny, but I think it's so true. If you have the gift of leadership, you have followers because a leader needs to have people that follow him. So something I learned in India about two years ago, I guess, is a statement. If you have this gift, you ought to write it down. He who thinks he is a leader but has not followers is only taking a walk. (laughs) That's classic, isn't it? What do you have? Oh, I have the gift of leadership. Good. Hey, would you wait? Hey, come on. Wait for me. Get behind me here. What'd you get behind? There's a problem, isn't it? You see, if people are ahead of you and you're always chasing them, you're probably not the leader. If you think you have the gift of leadership and you have a home group and you start and you teach and it's wonderful and you study and you did really good and you have that gift of leadership and you're coordinating and everything's all together and a group starts with 20, ends with three, and one of those is your wife and the other is the dog... This is not probably your gift. So it's time to look for something else. Not good or bad, just not your gift. Remember, we have to have everybody in this. Now, what does that mean? 
It just means a leader has the God-given ability to have followers. As bees are drawn to honey, people are drawn to leaders. Why? Because people are sheep, and sheep need a shepherd. And that is the way God has made us. And that's the danger I just mentioned to you for that church that says, well, there's only one destination. Those poor followers are hearing false teaching in the church. So understand this. If you have this gift of leadership, administration, organization, then you will love people because people will be around you. And you'll love to kind of study human behavior and you kind of want to challenge them and make them more effective. And as they become more effective, you get great satisfaction because you're going to be man or woman. You're going to be a person that loves people. Now, let me just speak and I'll hit a couple side issues as I go through. What about in the home? Well, the home, God appointed the husband, the father to be the leader in the home. No, actually, the husband and the wife work together as a team. Certainly, she is a leader. And many wonderful leaders in the Bible, Deborah and all kinds of other people, have this gift of organization and leadership. But in the home, you as a husband or a wife or every single parent tonight, you play an incredible role of organizing your home so that your children can know about God. So this gift of leadership, organization, and administration is not just in the church by any means. It certainly starts in the home before we even get to the church. Number two, if you have this gift of leadership, you're going to be visionary. Typically, you're going to see a big picture, and you're going to be able to see the results, of course, as God gives that to you. A leader is visionary normally, and the visions aren't from that individual. And you'll see later that's a weakness. The visions we're talking about spiritually need to come from God. Of course, in the world, if you take this gift away from the world, you can have somebody like a Walt Disney. See, Walt Disney saw all of this in Orlando while it was orange groves. And he thought things way in the future that, I mean, nobody even can even think that could happen. He saw that. He was a visionary leader. For in the church, that's not the way it works. You don't get a man in there or a woman go, wow, I can see this thing. No, it's a God-given vision. This person sees the big picture, and a vision is needed to keep the church and people in focus, on target, reaching the goal. Moses tried to do that with the children of Israel. We're supposed to go to the promised land. That's where we're going. Took them 40 years to get them there. He was a great leader, but he didn't really have followers. And we'll talk more about that loyalty a little later. So a leader or an organizer, this gift, this person, they not only see the big picture, but they think ahead. The rest of the people, they're worried about tomorrow morning, maintaining, getting to work. This person, God-given, thinks in the future. Thinks out here, what is God doing? How do we get there? How do we keep on target? How do we keep doing what God wants us to do? So by definition, these people like longer term projects or goals. They like that because the big ones have a challenge on more and more people, a bigger impact. 
Sometimes the small minutia drive a person that's visionary crazy. Let somebody else handle that small stuff. I'm thinking about four years down the road or whatever. Here's what God's going to do. Number three, this person, if you have the gift of leadership, has the ability to break down a large goal into achievable goals. You see, the leader has to know who he's working with. And most of the people that you're going to be leading don't have that same gift. By the way, in a church, for instance, you don't want a thousand leaders and a thousand servants. We're in trouble. You want fewer leaders and more servants. And so that's the way that God's designed it. By the way, in the church, really, how many leaders are there, humanly speaking? Well, there's really how many? One, just like there is in a home and just like there is in the church. And of course, we know here, I'm the human leader, but who's the real leader? God is. But we have a lot of other leaders that work together. And that's why I said to you, even when we share this updated vision, the leadership, all the pastors, the elders, we're in 100% agreement. It's all clear and not a question to us. Now, leaders look at a project and it's like a puzzle. And they can break it down and give pieces of the puzzle to different individuals say, I can handle that. That person isn't interested in a future deal. They're just going to take care of the little puzzle and work it together so it fits. And that's the way the team works. Number four, has the ability not only to break it down into those goals, but to delegate those specific tasks to others. So that's why the gift of leadership and the gift of service go hand in hand. The gift of leadership says, here's what we need to do. The people with the gift of service go, good, give me a piece of that pie and I'll go for it. That's what I'm going to do. So they enjoy people and say, here's what I want you to do. And they'll go for it. Here's one that I think in most cases is pretty clear. Number five, if you wonder if you have the gift of leadership, this is kind of a clear cut one. Notice, constantly writes notes to self or makes to-do lists. Now, if you're a person, you say, well, I make, I make those lists, but you never look at them after you make them. That's probably somebody's gilded you into doing that. That's not your gift, okay? So the writing of notes is characteristic of a leader or an organizer. The reason is these people have so many things on their mind. At the same time, they're kind of multifaceted. They're, they're planning and thinking of ahead. And if something comes, got to write it down. And so they've learned if they don't write it down, they'll forget it. And so since they're an organized person, they won't do that. Now, you can tell by just looking at an individual. Maybe if you get in a car with somebody... If you get in a car with somebody and you see a a notepad on the seat next to uh, where you just got in, a Palm Pilot, a voice recorder, you can get in my car, you'll find all three. I have paper. I have a voice recorder. I have other things that I'm always by my bedside. And now when I do my devotions in the morning, I get up, do my devotions, and I've learned, I've learned, I have my devotion book, on the other page of my devotion books, my to-do list that comes to me as I'm doing my devotions. I used to get up, kind of list, get lose it, can find it. Now I just have it right there. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a note guy. I'm a list guy. And you'll be the same. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, typically in marriage, a person that has the gift of organization or the gift of leadership is a note taker, is a note writer. 
Guess who they end up marrying? Somebody without that gift. Now, not always, but quite often. And it doesn't mean the other person is totally disorganized. I don't mean that at all. But they're like, it's not as big a deal to them. And so when that happens, why does God do that? Well, number one, he likes to laugh too. (laughs) God likes to look down at us and laugh. Number two, it teaches us patience. Because we married somebody that's not like us in lots of ways, but this is a big one. And so it's not right or wrong, just different gifts. So remember that. Now, number six, is willing to endure criticism and difficulties. Leaders, by definition, are out front. The person that's out front always gets shot at. So if you want to be a leader, but you can't handle criticism, you better go to God and say, do I have the right gift here? Help me. Do something with me. Because a true leader is going to commit himself or herself to the goal and endure the criticism. They don't like it, but they're going to learn to endure it without getting discouraged. That's not easy. So the leader is willing to endure negative people, comments, and find great joy because the goal is set out in front of them. If you follow the Apostle Paul through, you see all the things. Romans chapter 8 is a great chapter. And I'm beaten here. And what can separate me from the love of God? He makes this huge list. Why? He's the leader. He's out front. How many times did Paul as a leader have to say, no, I've been appointed by God? Why? Because everybody's saying, yeah, I've been appointed by God. You made this thing up yourself. No, I've been appointed by God. And so over to go. So if you have that gift, just remember, you were called to lead. And the person that gives you the vision is not the majority. The person that gives you the vision is God. By the way, if you're in the home and you run your home by majority rule with your teenagers, you're in trouble. Now, there has to be a leader. And you have to say, okay, God, what are you doing here? And if the home is run by children, the pain and suffering that you're running away from now, they will have the rest of their life because they think they're in charge. They're not in charge. So be careful. Now you want to loosen the ropes as the children get older and give them more free way and they've got to make their own choices and all those kind of things. Remember, so you don't have the same curfew for a 7th grader as you would do a 12th grader. And it's hard because they like grew up in front of you. I said to my wife today, it's almost June. Can you, June? What happened? Didn't we just sing, you know, Christmas carols a couple weeks ago? It just goes like this. And sometimes with our kids, we don't see that happens. Here's what Oswald Saunders says, has a great book on leadership. He says this, no leader lives a day without criticism. Humility will never be more on trial than when criticism comes. Because what happens, and of course, one of the dangers with the leader is he knows he's not perfect, she knows he's not perfect, and sometimes they fail. But quite often they don't, because God has given them that, and they go out there, and so the person that criticized them the whole way, you know in the natural what you want to say to those people, don't you? I mean, we would never do that. Well, you don't do that, because it wasn't you, it was God, Correct. 
Why did you guys look at me funny like you would never do that? I know better. So humility and a leader have to go together. It's not us. It's God. We're standing in the place of God. Number seven. Has a desire to see things completed as quickly as possible. That's a leader. Let's go on with it. I'll show you in a moment. That's a huge possibility if you're in the flesh of operating in the flesh. That's a horrible disaster waiting to happen. Okay? The advantage of growing older is you usually get a little more conservative. And that helps. Not always, but it helps. Number eight. If you have the gift of leadership administration, you will assume responsibility if no specific leadership exists. You get into a situation, you're in a room, people are trying to do something, nobody steps up, the organizer, the leader will go right up in there. Now, they'll hold back for a moment because they don't really want to do that. But even in a group, if a group is floundering, this person with that leadership will want to kind of step forward and say, let me share with you how it's going to go. If you're a leader, and that's what always is interesting in our staff meetings, for instance, with all the pastors, because you just mentioned a topic, everybody's got an idea. That's good. Why? Because they have the gift of leadership. They want to give their ideas. I can remember Lynn and I... uh, Many years ago, took a, I don't know, was a 13-day tour or something of a bus tour, flew to England and went over somehow to London and then over into Europe. And we took a bus tour all through like seven or eight countries of Europe. It was great. One of those Cosmos tours or whatever. And we had a great time. And I remember getting off one day in Venice. And the only deal with those tours is the price is really good until you figure in all the extras. Every night to go somewhere else, 500 bucks to do this and 495 for a meal and whatever. And they just... So I took this Frommer's book or Forders or something with me. And we get off in, in Venice. And they said, well, here's your option. You can take this boat over here and it's 49.50 or whatever. You can take this one whatever. And I went... Yeah, it says here you can get this big boat and you can put 30 people on it for $2 each. And I said, let's see if we can find it. I looked behind me, had all these people behind me. <laughs> yeah. And we got into the boat and had a great time. We got back, we spent eight bucks or something. The other people, you know, of course they had lots of money, who cares? But there was. All they were looking for was what? Somebody step forward, of course they're going to find me because I'm left. Is there one that's free out there? We'll take that one. <laughs> So that's what happened. If there's no leader, the guy with a gift, the guy with a gift of leadership, they're going to step forward and people are going to follow. Nine, has a desire to move on to a new challenge when the current project is finished. Now, that's not always true for a leader. As I said, some leaders, they do have vision, but they don't mind maintaining because there's still plenty of challenge in maintaining. But other people with that gift of leadership, they're the initiator. And once the project is underway and it's going really, really smooth, the adventure, the challenge is over. And they're looking for something else. And they're really happy at turning over the maintaining to another leader. You have to have another leader. They're well happy to turn that over. And of course, that ebbs and flows with different people and different things. Number 10 needs loyalty and confidence from those who are being directed and served. You see, if there's confusion with the head or disloyalty, then Satan is at work. Unity comes from God. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark reminded you of the importance of having a good leader anytime, but especially in the church. You learn that the people with this particular gift have the ability to herd cats, as it were, and to bring order out of chaos. You found out more about the nature of mankind in general, how God made us to need leaders. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching on the motivational gift of leadership. He'll be giving some characteristics found in leader-type people, He'll also let you know what kind of reactions a leader has to endure so you can judge for yourself if you're leadership material. You'll hear about all the different places people with the gift of leadership can pop up. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurry